Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute <laughs> for professional guidance. <laughs> I don't know why I chose to play with the knobs. Well... Before um, I did that. Can you, you hear yourself well I, enough? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay. Um, and you you did have to just dive for the board because a, it's uh, a few feet away from you due to some uh, electrical outlet location problems this morning. <laughs> we had some sound issues last week. That was my bad. Um, no, I, I kind of felt like that that um, amazing video of the guy in South Korea who was doing the interview on the BBC and the, the kid walks and marches in the room and oh, then the right, baby... Right. The saucer baby yeah. <laughs> just spins into the room, and then the mother does that dive yeah, for the door. Dives. That's kind yeah, you did that dive. It's kind of what I did, but not really. Yeah, you I'm, do it for your baby, the mixing board. I'm taking away right? too much credit. So yeah, so the so the mixer board is across from me, a little bit further, so I can't yeah. play with it. And Sally's like, want to just change seats because the <laughs> mixer board is closer to the outlet. And I was like, no, that's terrifying. Yeah. Change is scary. It would be like uh, a body swap comedy if we changed seats. <laughs> um, but it's, it's not only far away from you it's also like a foot lower than you it's like on a chair it's yeah, a whole thing it's got, you guys. It's got some chair. I'm like nervous um no everything is great so listen hey if you want to tweet at us you can at struggle bus pod you can email us at struggle bus podcast at gmail.com use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod to see some photos i might just post our conversation yesterday where i said oh my god i'm such a samantha um that you, cracked me up thank you of all the things you sent yesterday which were many and delightful that one was like i think definitely my favorite i was Beca- because of the samantha comment i was picking up dinner and i was walking down the street and i really wanted to eat it and then i had to stop and on the street, while there was a walk sign, I stopped on the corner just to text you back that and then take a screenshot of it. Um, Strugglebuspodcast.com if you want to become a member and you get a monthly bonus episode. I think we need to do one soon. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Let's do it. Yeah. So for as little as $5 a month, you can join. And what do you get, Sally? Well, Catherine, you get an archive of all of our bonus episodes, which there will soon be eight of. Sorry, I was going to do a timing. spit take as a joke, but, but um, not do into my microphone. Yes, um, there's going to be eight. There's going to be eight. And then also you get a, uh, a little memento from us to you. It's a fair card to ride the struggle bus. It looks just like a card you'd use to swipe onto a bus or a subway or whatever. And it's just a little memento for Doesn't you. Doesn't work uh, physically, but mentally it makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're talking to the MTA. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so please become a member. And if you can't or don't want to, that's also fine. But you should definitely write in whether or not you're a member um, and tell us what we should discuss on the bonus episode. And yes. then maybe you'll want to become a member if we discuss your topic. Oh, my goodness. Right? I guess you wouldn't really want to suggest a topic if you couldn't listen to it. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Members, why don't you suggest a topic? Yeah. And if you can't become a member, that's okay. Yeah, we, that is okay. We get it. Mm-hmm. Life's tough. Uh, you can also tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. Um, and if you'd like to join the super secret safe space Facebook group. Well, I mean, I hate saying that. I don't want to be like, it's a safe space. Everything's fine. But <laughs> It's a place where you can sort of, it's secret, so you have to be a member to be in. Everyone gets in. Don't worry about it. Just send us an email at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and say in the subject line, please put me in the Facebook group. Do it separate from a question email because we get confused easily. And give us the email that you use to log into Facebook. And if it doesn't work, which honestly it doesn't 50% Mm -hmm. of the time, email us back immediately. We will get you in. Yeah, we will. I'm Um, looking at you person I added this week. (laughs) We made it work. Yeah, yeah, we did. Together. Um. (laughs) 
but yeah, uh, but it we do try to keep it as safe as we're capable of making it. Um, but it also is kind of like a um, like the people in it also try to maintain our like rules about being cool in the group. So um, yeah. We're, There's we're, a lot of animal photos. Yeah, there are. But there is also like a lot of people talking about like real shit they're going through and like asking for advice or wanting to vent or whatever. So um, it's a pretty rad place. Yeah. No, it's it's really fun. Yeah. I was pretty proud of the uh, the one I the picture I sent out of our new driver. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Barkley's <laughs> Mulligan. Did you name them? Barkley's Mulligan? Yeah. Of course. Well, there's a character. Well, okay. there's a real person named Hercules Mulligan okay. who fought uh, for, for America during uh, stuff in, in Hamilton. Okay. He's a major oh, character. Okay. Okay. And uh, it, somebody wrote in one of the comments, it was so great. They just wrote underneath, bah, bah, I can't do it. But that's one of his things is he, uh, he says that awesome. in the show. This is like the 9,000th Hamilton joke that I've I, had to have I'm explained so to sorry. me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And no, I did not fine. give it justice. It's on me. The actor who plays him is just phenomenal, but it was. Um, uh, question for you. Yes. Can you actually turn my headphones down a little? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, make you dive. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And I'm you're kind at a great of a level. Diva about the old headphones. No, no, I, you know what? It makes a difference. Yeah. Um, so, so, what's up? Let's jibber jabber. Okay. Well, can I just, uh, I think I should start so that you, your jibber jabber is like the one that sticks in people's minds because it's like the important one. What? Well, it's about your show. Yeah, but. Okay, go on. Okay, and just really quick, uh, just a content note that I'm about to talk about both uh, what I perceive to be racism and fat shaming. So I just want to talk about two signs <laughs> I saw over I the saw weekend this. that enraged me. Um, I was actually only going to talk about one of the signs, but then I realized in the same day I saw another sign. I And uh, okay, I'll just say that the first one um, was, I tried to have the photo ready of it, but of course I don't. But so, Okay. On Fifth Avenue and Park Slope, there used to be this coffee shop called Gorilla Coffee. and Oh, it's not there anymore? No, it, it moved to Bergen. Right. But Gorilla was, like, known for having really bad management, like their workers striked. I don't remember if it was a wage thing or a treatment thing. Um, so the owners were terrible. But also the baristas were definitely the, like, 2A1, I will say. <laughs> maybe they were wonderful people when they weren't working at Gorilla. And maybe Gorilla was a terrible place to work, so they were in a bad mood all the time. But I, I, I mean, they were, like, rude to the point of you're like, do you not like me? Like, it, like mm. always, always, always. So I tried to never go in there. Then <laughs> G- Gorilla closed, and I was actually really psyched about it. But I, I actually think they just moved. Um, and this new place opened called Clever Blend. And I was excited because they serve dark roast, which as everyone's heard me talk about at length. It's excellent. It's I'm excellent. drinking some You're right drinking now. It now. And it's like impossible to get because it's not in vogue. And baristas are like, yeah, no, dark roast is what you like when you have no coffee palate. Um, mm. which fine, I accept it, but, um, nice. You yeah, finished it. But so there was this <laughs> sign outside, uh, in the window and I, I read the first couple of things. It says fourth wave baristas wanted. And then it says like, it says a few things must have a good attitude, not an attitude. What? Must understand that coffee is not an art, just a fruit. <sighs> um, can have a tattoo, but not on the face. Whoa. <laughs> and, and I was like, wow, these people are like snobby and like a little problematic. Okay, like, cool. Good to know. I still went in. I was still like only like 70, 60% offended. I got in line and my girlfriend who was with me and was like finishing reading the sign, she came in and she was like, did you see what it said at the bottom? And I was like, no. And so she told me and it says, 
pants on the ground are not acceptable, which in my what mind, does that mean? well, in my mind, it's a euphemism for black people. Yeah. Right. And this is not a barista's wanted poster. So she told me that and we turned around and I was like, OK, cool. We're never going here. Wow. Um, as if like the I mean, the initial stuff was like really obnoxious, but that was the one that like really got me. Um and I tried to tweet about it. And in my rage, I was like, I said the the wrong name of the shop three times and I had to delete the tweet three times. <laughs> and I, I feel really bad for Clover. There is a cafe called Clover, like on Atlantic or something. And I originally, I was like, Clover, don't go to Clover. And I was like, wait, no, that's not right. Don't go to Clever. And I was like, wait, no, it's Clever Blend. It was like a whole thing. Yeah. Also and, Clover Club, which I want to take you to for right, business Clover meeting. Club. Everyone go there. They're not racist. Um, not that I'm saying that it's probably, is it illegal to call some a shop racist? Well, I mean, there's, there's a uh, slander. Oh, so right. you okay. didn't like their sign. I didn't like their sign. You didn't say that. I felt like it was racist. I'm the lawyer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. Um, and I don't mean to make light of this. I play this. one on TV. Like, I don't, I know, thank you for your legal advice. I don't, oh my God, you do. That's amazing. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like, I don't mean to make light of this. And I, I don't like when people who are not in a marginalized group find something funny about another marginalized group being actively oppressed. So I just want to be clear that I found it really offensive obnoxious and no, I'm not going to go there and I don't sounds, think other people should go there there's and, several keys on that sign that are yeah problematic. exactly and uh and we should all tell them that we feel that way and then the other sign I want to talk about which fucking enraged me was um there's a sign I think it's news I've never noticed it before and it's right outside Fort Green Park and it says fitness it's just a walk in the park and then it has this whole thing about walking beat and great exercise to keep you fit and then it just goes on to talk about like calories and I I'm really over people um, like exercise being this thing that's only about weight loss and like you can only enjoy it if like you want to lose weight or like you should only exercise like only people who have this like quote unquote like noble ambition are the ones who should be like it's like this noble thing and you earn it by exercising which enrages me yeah um, but the other thing that I thought was so fucking uh, <laughs> like overtly fat shaming was there's a picture there are pictures of two like I guess they're chipmunks yeah. and one is overweight, like with a big stomach, like tumbling out over their pants. And then they're the one on the right, presumably after they've been like walking in Fort Greene Park, because walking is a great way to get fit, is like all muscular and like svelte and uh, giving the thumbs up sign. Well, we know who would be able to work at Clever Blend because one of them can keep their pants on. Exactly. Only one of these. Which chipmunk could be a breeze at Clever Blend? <laughs> but, um, but like I, I this is like an example of like you, you know, it's inappropriate to fat shame human beings because, you know, they wouldn't have like a, a fat, quote unquote, fat person and then like a quote unquote, like muscular svelte person. So they're like, we'll just use animals. That's fine. And that enraged me because this is basically this is just fat shaming. And look, these are cartoon chipmunks and their feelings probably weren't hurt. But I found it really uh, I was not into it. Yeah. OK, so those are two signs that um, that bothered me. And this has been your inaugural edition of signs that bothered Sally. By the way, I did show you my empty coffee cup when you were mentioning dark yeah. blend. I wasn't doing it to show you that I'm a member of the clean plate club. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like, yeah, you finished. No, no, I know. Sorry. That was, I sounded like a mom. I was like, you finished. I shouldn't have interrupted your thought process, but I wanted to show you that it's like Turkish coffee at the bottom. It is. Yeah. Where you can see uh, people read, um, oh, yeah. do readings from that. Like, um, 
like the Professor Trelawney in yeah. uh, Harry Potter. Yes, but I also realized that because I'm very tired, and I'll tell you all why in a second. Uh, I don't even know why I showed you that while you're talking. Like you're gonna get what I'm trying to say, which is look the reading. Oh, like, I didn't get that. I thought you were like it was really good. I finished it. You shouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> there was no context to me just showing you. My empty but I, I like that you think talking. that we're so like psychically linked that I would get that. Totally esoteric thing. And that, I'm yeah. going to make a lot of noise right now okay. with this napkin. Great. Uh, I just want to say a quick thing about that signs. Those signs, terrible. Like, what right? the fuck? Thank they're, you. And also the the fat shaming, it just really also, um, there are so many reasons why people's weight fluctuate, health reasons otherwise, any reason at all. Don't ever fucking fat shame, ever. Right. What the fuck is wrong with you? Also, like, who cares if... Like I, we have this thing around like weight where it's like, well, if you're if you're like fat because you have like a medical condition that prevents you from being able to lose weight, like, OK, that's fine. But if you're fat because right. you're like the stereotype is like you're lazy or like you sit around or you overeat, like, guess what? Like all human lives have equal value. So who fucking cares? Yeah, I, like, I also I probably shouldn't have made the point like some people are fat because of what I, like. Yeah, that probably was problematic. I shouldn't have said that because. No, but I think it's like a really common thing to be like. Like, I just feel like we have this mindset around weight where even people who are like trying to be cool about it, like it's we're so colonized by like the way our culture makes us think about like weight and bodies that it's like really hard to like break out of that. I'm not saying like I've broken out of it and I'm like Mobius or Morpheus, whatever that guy's name is in the uh, Matrix. What? (laughs) Isn't that his name? I know there's a Mobius strip. He's the guy that like sees that he like knows the Matrix and he gives I'm not to look this up, Keanu Reeves talking. the pill. Like I don't mean to be like that's me and like <laughs> um and like wait till you guys catch on because I am definitely still learning. But like I, one of the most profound things I think I've picked up recently and I've, I'm really, really late to this party is that like it doesn't just like it doesn't it's the same. Well, let me not say it's the same thing, but like it reminds me of the abortion debate where it's like if the person wants an abortion because their baby is going to like be born with a bunch of health problems or because um they were the the baby is a product of rape or something like that like that's okay i i hate that so much but but like if but if they want an abortion because that's it's their body and their choice etc yeah. like that's not okay and it's like it's to me it's like similar with um well with just with a lot of things first of all it's, it is morpheus Yes. Uh, second of Although all, I think I said, did I, I say Mobius? You, Mobius. First said Mobius or Morpheus. Okay, I know there there's go. a Mobius strip. Okay. That is a thing. That's the infinity thing, right? I guess. I okay. think. Yes. Yes. Um, and also, I agree with you about the abortion thing. I, I actually respect, I mean, I use that word very lightly, <laughs> people who are in all cases of rape. I mean, sorry, of, of uh, <laughs> all cases of uh, reasons for abortion should be illegal because life is life and that's that. Mm-hmm. I actually have more respect for those people because that's more of a logical argument right. than, well, yeah. if you did, I guess it's not a life if you don't. Which also I'm pro-choice because um, I don't think, you know, abortion should be illegal yeah. under any circumstances and I think it should be uh, without apology and uh, federally funded. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Also, I just want to point out that everyone's talking about this, about we need more pro-life people to join the Democrat. I honestly have a problem with pro-life these days because if you really believe in pro-life, fucking show it. Mm-hmm. Be pro-single-payer uh, health care. Mm-hmm. There's so many I, I heard Molly Nepple talking about on Radio Dispatch and she's like, you're fucked if you want to have a baby and you're fucked if you don't want to have a baby. Yeah. 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 It's it's not a great bind to be in. I have to say I'm definitely in a headspace about people these days. Yeah. Um, I hear you. A straight white cis men who are in power. I mean, that's it. 
You know, yeah. I just watched a little bit of the Sally Yates hearing yesterday, and she's smarter than more than half the people in that room, and that makes Put me together. furious. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Did I just go off on a rant? I no, I don't think it was a rant. I think it was a uh, the other. Uh, I don't know, an intelligent observation of our bullshit situation. Yeah. And I also also did want to say that I'm learning a lot more about uh, fat shaming and stuff from reading your pieces also as well and other things. I I, I do apologize if I said anything uh, problematic and definitely let me know because I, too, am still learning what the right thing to say is. We're both learning about everything. You guys should definitely write in to Mm. us all the time, I think. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Not that it's like your job to like you know, keep us on point, but we do appreciate your feedback. True. Um, okay. That was a really long jibber jabber. Catherine. Yes. Talk about it. My show that I'm in, my show that I created. (laughs) Well, I did. Well, potentially. Okay. So I am a, in the New York neo futurist. So I can say it now. I went through, um, some intense, awesome, not intense, but a really great, exhilarating training process. And I open this weekend. I will be in the show for the next five weeks, Friday and Saturday at the Crane Theater. Uh, Go on to their website. I don't have it in front of me. Um, Sally's on it. And please try to come if you're in New York because... Uh, what they do is they used to be part of uh, Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, which are companies that were in New York City, Chicago, and San Francisco. They recently broke from that, all three companies. They are now all the New York neo-futurists. They do the same form, which is 30 plays in 60 minutes, and the audience chooses which ones go in what order. You just yell out numbers. So we learn 30 plays that are short, and we write them. And so then fucking awesome. it's really fun. So every show is completely different. And then every week, depending on the roll of a dice on Friday and Saturday, they add the number. That's the amount of shows we have to cut. And we actually cut a lot of shows last weekend. So I watch both shows, and I'm learning. And we are writing, and I wrote four plays that I'm pitching tonight. And I won't know if they get in. And if they don't get in, that's fine. Fine because not everyone does, yeah, yeah. but um, I will be in several shows, several plays that are already written that are fucking amazing. Is and it, listen, you might see me sing and get naked. Holy shit. It's going to be great. Um, is it the same show Friday and Saturday? It is the same show, but in different orders. In different orders. Okay, the cool. same place. Okay, cool. Yes, um, the same menu, as they put it. The Crane Theater is on um, fourth, East 4th between 2nd and 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, I am totally psyched. I will be there yeah. one of the two nights. Um. And then the website. Oh, yeah. And it's it's horsetrade.info. Uh, no, not for the New York Near Futurist. Um, oh, really? Oh, just, just to get more info about the show and you can buy tickets on the oh, website. Oh, sorry. That was for Grand, yeah, Grand that's Theater. Okay. Um, it's N-Y-N-E-O-F-U-T-U-R-I-S-T-S dot org. And you can read my bio and see my picture, which is me in headphones. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Because that's where you'll find me in headphones. I am so psyched. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming, Sally. Um, I potentially will be doing some very serious and um, emotional pieces. Love it. Mm. You're good at that serious and emotional stuff. It might be funny, too. Who knows? In my my opinion. Yes, but the plays that I know I am in are amazing. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, Cool. cool. Okay, so... um, so, Catherine, yeah, what did you do for self-care this week? Man, I, okay, so this weekend, in addition to going to all the shows and attending the processes of what goes uh, into putting on the show, which is a lot of work, um, I took on an editing job this weekend, and so that was fun because I really needed the money because mm-hmm. I'm on COBRA right now because my health insurance, uh, I lost it for several months and I'm back on. Okay. It's a long story. Um, but I really needed to take extra work. And uh, that uh, that was a poor choice, but I did it and mm-hmm. I worked through the weekend and mm-hmm. I learned the value of putting yourself on a timer and forcing yourself to take breaks, oh, which okay. is really helpful because it's like you have to yeah, yeah, yeah. do that, like literally just set a timer. And I did that and it was really helpful for me and I allowed myself to 
uh, take care of myself in those breaks. That's awesome. And it made me work better, I think. How long did you work for before you took a break and how long were your breaks? Some of them were, I let did like an hour and a half. Okay. Some were 45 minutes. Um, oh, sorry, an hour and a half until the break. Okay. Sometimes it was 45 minutes till the break if it was like near dinner time and I'm like, I'm going to need to eat. Yeah. The breaks were anything from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. Nice. Yeah. That is such a good idea. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I do log my hours because I got paid right, hourly, right. so I have to say exactly what I was doing and what hour anyway. So there's an Excel yeah. spreadsheet in front of my face anyway. Totally. So it helps me, you know. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if I should try that. Sometimes when I'm having trouble writing, um, it, it writing's it, different. Yeah. It's just like I I feel like instead of sitting there for hours being like frustrated. And then also wanting a break, but feeling like I haven't earned it. I wonder yeah. if I gave my, if I was like, you you have to write for 20 minutes before you can refresh Twitter for the 900th time or but something that might, like that. I mean, that's different because what I was doing was cutting and pasting and it was very mathematical. So oh, it was okay. very wrote like specific, you know, focus, focus, focus. Okay. But I don't know. That might be a good yeah. technique too. I'll try it. Uh, actually, I might try it like today, except to write something and I'll report back. Cool. Let me know. What did um, you do for self-care, Sally? Well, I... I have to say that I've not been doing a good job at self-care lately. Um, and <laughs> I, I forgot to do the Friday self-care roundup <laughs> yeah. last week. That's okay because it gave me an opportunity to uh, use Photoshop. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, I've been doing – thank you. Um, so, I did a terrible – I've been doing a terrible job at self-care because sometimes I get myself into, like, a hole and then I'm like, I don't deserve self-care. I just have to, like, buck up, which is, like – not a great attitude. And I'm working on it, you guys. But I will say that I talked to a friend on the phone for like, I think we talked for like two hours. And it was just like a catch up call. We realized that we both were around and like free all day, which is rare because we're on different coasts and we have really different schedules and she has kids and um, <laughs> I play video games. And it's, <laughs> it's really hard to like find the time to talk. We caught up. We caught up for like a long time, and it it wasn't just catching up. It's it was like also just like talking, and it was just fucking awesome. And again, like I think I've actually like talked about talking to this person as self care in the past. Like it was it was not like one of those things where it was like for self care I'm going to do this, but it was like after I felt just so good and so like connected to someone who I really care about and love a lot, and I know cares about me. And I was like, okay, that counts as self care. That's cool. So that was a really awesome thing I did like in the middle of my Sunday, and it really um, it kind of turned my day around, mm, which was great. That's great. So that's why I did. I'm glad you said that because. Um, in the Facebook group, we have the Friday self-care roundup. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who are like, I didn't do anything this week. And yeah. it's like, you know what? I hear you. Mm -hmm. I struggle sometimes to wonder, like, did I even do? Like, it forces me to think about it, which me is too. nice. Yeah. But if you didn't do anything, that's, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, totally. I hear you. That's, it's hard to do sometimes for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Especially when you're feeling really down. And then it just starts to spiral sometimes. When my totally. depression hits bad, it's like, I'm not doing anything at all. I, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Wow, it just got dark real quick. Um, uh, no, but it's real. Yeah, yeah. So don't feel bad if you didn't, but, you know, be aware of it. Yeah, and know totally. that we love you. Totes. Um, okay, so yeah. email one. This person, this is from Wild Queer. Mm. She picked her name. Yes. Um, do you want me to read it? Um, I can read it. Okay. Or, I mean. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Hi, Kate and Sally. I'm trying to be neater and not so much of a slob. My partner gets very mad at me when I leave stuff around, which is understandable. I grew up in a household where there were a lot of kids and cleaning up after ourselves wasn't the priority. She was also in a relationship with a guy who was a huge slob. But now these bad habits are following me to my adulthood and it might be ruining my relationship. 
I work from home a lot, and my partner tends to think I sit at home and do nothing because I put the TV on in the background, but that is not really the case. I work three jobs and go to school full time. I really do not sit around doing nothing. I was wondering if either of you have any tips on staying clean and organized to keep everyone happy. I have unofficially moved in, and I don't want this to be the start to the end of our relationship. I was also wondering if you had any tips on juggling three jobs and going to school full time. Thanks, Struggle Buddies. Uh, and what was her name again? It was Wild Queer. Wild Queer. Great, great question. Yeah, great Sally question. Thoughts? Well, let's see. Um, I think one thing to do would be to talk to your partner and be like, you know, I know that we have really different habits around like cleanliness and organization. What are like total deal breakers for you? Like what is something that you absolutely need to make the space livable and try to do those things. Um, because I think that like, um, I, I think that there's a way to come to a middle ground where, um, like, I think, I think it's okay for, for a partner to be like, look, I need things to be like more organized and like keep kept clean. But if their standards are so high that it starts to be like, something that you don't that feels oppressive to you I think it's okay to be like look I, I can do the thing where like I never wear shoes in the house or I always do my dishes immediately but never having anything on any surface feels like a lot mm. um like because I think that's a, th a thing that people have sometimes is like um like I know people who like don't want anything on any surface because they want it to look like and like that's a thing for me like I can't do that like I'll do all your other stuff like I'll you know um like I'll vacuum or like w whatever it is so I I would like come to some middle ground and I I think both of you guys have um an equal say in what the apartment should be like if you're sharing the space on the other hand if you're if this is like your partner's apartment I basically think you have to do what they tell you to do to keep the space the way they want it because mm. um like it would be cool if your partner was like I know you don't officially pay rent but let's come to a compromise about how we keep the apartment that would be awesome but I think they can also just be like look I live here and if you want to be here like this is what you have to do right you unofficially moved in is the the key word there mm -hmm. um that's how yeah that's great were you done with I was gonna say something about the other part of the question but I'll go I'll go you go oh okay I, I'm, yeah sorry I didn't want to interrupt no, it's okay. um yeah especially if it's not your space that's that's unfortunate if you officially move in that's also a conversation right. you need to have. But um, I think Sally's right on all of those points. Definitely talk about it because there are some things I know that I do because I lived alone for 10 years, you guys. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm learning about myself. And when Alex moved into our place, it's our place now, right? But even before then, when he was staying over a lot, you know, that's how you mm -hmm. start to get used to it. But I started noticing things that he would do that I'd be like, oh, that's a thing yeah. or things I would do. And he's like, could you not? So here's an example. Our house is now a shoes off household. It was never the way before. I used to have a dog that also had paws and, you know, <laughs> it was just free for all. Yeah. I'm still getting used to it. Uh, it's been a year we've been living together, but he really likes that. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, he can have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like giving that thing, but okay. If it means a lot to him and it's not going to hurt me and it's, it's a good point, mm -hmm. I guess, like, then that's fine. Um, and then, for example, I know I do this. I'll randomly leave like just one dish undone or something. Uh -huh. It's a weird thing. And I've been called out for that, you know, other other times. But he he didn't. But other friends who mm -hmm. like lived with me or something like that. Um, I also have been told that I buy I don't buy toilet paper in bulk. I'll buy like one roll, which <laughs> is true. And um, I still to this day do that. Although the other day, the other day, the other month, um, as a joke, I bought. <laughs> Because it was time to buy toilet paper. I was like, I got this. I went to CVS and it was on sale. I 
cut three packs of 12 rolls. Nice. And I thought it was hilarious. I put them in the bed and like Alex like, what is this? And it was just endless amounts of toilet paper. That's incredible. But joke's on us because we don't have the room for it. So. Oh, no. That's the problem with buying bulk in, in the city. That's like, why I don't buy bulk. I know. I know. I've done that a few times. Like when my girlfriend and I first started living together and I bought stuff, I was like, she was like, you can't. We have nowhere to put like 12 rolls of toilet paper. Like right. you can't do that. And you moved into her space. I moved yeah. into her space. And and like we had a similar thing where we had to figure out basically like what were the things we needed and then what were the things that like were a little bit much to ask someone to do. And actually, if they didn't do it, our quality of life wouldn't really be that compromised. Yes. You know, and I think we both like found those things. Um, uh, like I think we have it. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of something in particular right now nothing is really well like like one thing is like when I make the bed I'm just like it's like extremely haphazard it's just like it's like a it's an interpretation of a bed bed being made it doesn't look like neat I'm dying to go into your bedroom right now you should see it it's like a train wreck um and it's only because my girlfriend's out of town um, and she was like, I really need the bed to like look neater. And I was like, OK, I can do that. And I mean, it, it's nicer. It's nicer to walk into your room and see a neat space. If you walk in there right now. Do you want me to? You should go look. <laughs> yeah, keep talking. There's stuff on the floor. I, I, it's not the way we usually keep okay. it. And she's away. <laughs> yeah, Catherine's. I don't know if you can hear Catherine like guffawing in the background. We should take a picture of it. But um, it's really bad. And like, you know, but the thing it's is, it's she uh, my girlfriend is is correct that like when the bedroom looks neater, it's like nicer to go into and it makes your mind like less chaotic. I agree with that. But sometimes I'm like, I'll just use the emotional chaos because just, that seems like a lot of work. It um, just looks like you were tossing and turning all night. It's so you. It's it like, is. I know it reflects like my landscape. My how you're feeling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But um, but anyway, the point is, guys, is that um, we should do like an entire podcast just about like cohabiting with our significant others. We have a lot to say. I mean, this. an episode, not a, maybe a podcast would be a bit. <laughs> um, a bonus <laughs> right. How to keep your room clean. Right. Yeah. So I so, OK, one thing is like I, f- figure out what it is they need you to do. Um, and then I don't it's hard for me to relate to like people who consistently don't like if they have someone who's like I really need you to like hang up your coat and you keep not hanging up your coat it's like why are you doing that like is there something are you like trying to sort of send a message like so I would I would like try to understand why it's difficult for you to clean up and stay organized um, especially if someone you care about is like asking you to because I think that stuff can also go deeper the Mm. other thing you mentioned is like that your partner thinks you sit around doing nothing and I don't I don't really know. I don't necessarily think you're like asking us to like talk about that. But um, it's like it's interesting that like you included it in the email about keeping your apartment clean because I don't really see the connection. Like it doesn't you know, like I Mm. that seems like a separate I guess what I'm saying is that seems like a separate thing that you might want to address. I think if my partner was like. I don't think you'd do anything all day. I would be like insulted and hurt yeah. because I do. And you do too. You have three jobs. So I don't like, I don't know in your mind, like how those things are related. Yeah. Unless, am I missing something? Do you, are they- I, I thought it can't, kind of was a sense of if I'm spending a lot of time at their place and they're so, telling me I'm messy and also saying I don't do anything all day. It's, it's kind of not really working well for them. Okay. That's how I read it. I gotcha. But, oh, like if you're home all day, you should be keeping the apartment kinda, clean? Kind of, yeah. That kind of thing? Okay, yes, okay, yes. okay. That's how I read that, but well, I could be wrong. Um, it sounds like you guys should just like have a conversation about how you're going to keep the apartment. And I would also like have a conversation about them thinking that you don't do anything all day. Um, 
Do you have any tips, Catherine, for juggling three jobs and going to school full time? Yes. And I also just wanted to say, I didn't laugh at your bed. I laughed because the way you described it was exactly what was in there. Yeah. It was just perfect. There's also, I mean, you should. I, yeah. Yeah. You can go up it's, on It's the whole thing. thing. Yeah. Um, I, Okay. I don't know what you do, but um, three jobs in school full time. Yeah, that's a lot. Tips, man, it, you have to find the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I do that a lot because sometimes I'll take on a big job or a very extensive job that is months long and it feels overwhelming and I shouldn't have taken it or something like that. But you have, if you agree to do it, you're doing it. Uh, if you need to not do a job, find a way to get out of it if it's really, really affecting your schoolwork. But until then, think about the light at the end of the tunnel. Think about like, here's why I'm doing this. So as you know, one of my podcast clients, who's also a dear friend, uh, Betsy, she does a interior design podcast, mm -hmm. Big Design, Small Budget. And um, one of her tips for a workspace was keep a picture of something in front of you of why you do what you do, Ooh. like a vacation photo or your um, significant other. That's cool. And in my case, there's a picture of, of those things and also a picture of us doing Struggle Bus Live. I put yes. that in for a reason in my eyesight because yeah. I think, oh, by the way, I did. I'm, I, I'm in touch with them about the live show. Oh, cool. So we're it's happening. A, we're trying to do a live show. Um, it, it That helps me a lot because I do find, and then also knowing that I do that, I stop and when I, before I go on my little breaks, sometimes I'll sit there and I'll look at those photos and I'm like, you know, I had a lot of fun this time mm -hmm. or that was a great vacation or something mm -hmm. or, or someone you love or food you like or whatever it is that you enjoy in life. It helps to be reminded why you work. Yeah, that, that's that's a, such a good tip. I've never thought of that. Yeah, um, neither did I. It blew my fucking mind. Thank you, Betsy. I'll, yeah. I will do that. Um, I think like the other thing is just like really, really becoming a person who manages their time and keeps track of it. I mean, yeah. even like the Catherine's thing of like um, keeping track of like how long you work on something, which you do because you're like a freelancer. But it's something that um, my girlfriend does as well because she's also self-employed. She taught me about that. Do it anyway just yeah. to know what yeah. you're doing and how just long. Just to know. Yeah. And also just like if you can plan out. Like I, I think that sometimes – like I remember when I was in grad school, I was going to school full time and I was I had a 20 hour a week internship that was required and I was commuting 45 minutes each way to school and my internship. So it's not the same as having three jobs and going to school full time. But my I definitely felt like my plate was full and I like just had enough time to do everything if I was like basically mm -hmm. working all the time. And oh God, um, but you got sick or something. Exactly. That sets you off. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just felt also like undifferentiated like chaos and things I needed to get done. Um, but I think, but like making when I, on weeks that I was really overwhelmed, I made a schedule of like what needs to get done and what do I need to work on it. And that just helped me feel like, okay, like I, if I map this out, this is doable. So maybe you could get involved with some of that kind of, if you don't already do it, I don't know if you do. Yeah. One last thing too. And cause I don't want to talk too much about this cause we have a lot of letters to get to. Yeah, we do. But, um, the I do a checklist every day of what my top priorities are, and I actually write it out like with my hand um, and do check boxes. That's awesome. And like, this is what I really need to do today, and this is what I should do today, and this is like next level. But that's also with the household stuff. Think about that, like what you were saying earlier. What is the most important that we agree on in the household, mm -hmm. and then what is something that you could let slide occasionally yeah, and just totally. recognize like I might leave my socks on the ground every now and again. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. And you get used to each other's little like idiosyncrasies. Yeah. You got to You got to compromise a little bit. Agreed. All right. OK. So this email um, is from someone who would like a gender neutral name for both them and their partner. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I went ahead and Googled some gender neutral names, I know Catherine. You are so good at that. <laughs> so 538 actually has uh, the most common. I thought 538 was a name. And I'm like, <laughs> that. well, it is gender neutral. Um, so this is from t- 2013, but they're the most common, quote unquote, unisex names in America. So they're actually all really cool names. I'm just going to pick two. Is that OK? Yes. Or should I give you a selection? Yes, yes. Give us a little selection. But I just can't believe I thought that you actually gave them a number. <laughs> Amazing. That would be like the most like like the least problematic way to give people names on the show is if we just gave them all numbers. Would it though? It would be terrible. Oh Let's not do that. I would be, I, I'm going to change you see the, the most problematic. on my face when you said yeah. 538. I was like, what the fuck? I know. It's yeah. monstrous. Okay, so I will tell you the top five most popular and then the bottom five most popular. Is that right? So these are the, these are the 20 most popular names. Okay. But I'm only going to give you 10. Okay. Casey, Riley, oh. Jesse, Jackie, and Avery. Oh. And then the five from the bottom of the list are <laughs> Justice, Tommy, Robbie, Reese, and Harley. And <gasps> Quinn. Harley Quinn. Oh, that? my. You know what I love is Charlie. I I, love, yeah. Charlie's awesome. Yeah. Did I say Charlie? No, it's not on there. But it is one. It is. Okay, so let's do Charlie and <gasps> what about, um, oh, I'm really the, thinking hard about this. What was the top one? I love all the names. So there's Casey, Riley, Jesse, Jackie, and Avery. Hmm. Avery? Let's do Avery. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. This, I can read your mind. This is the most fun I've had. So tea leaves talking. Picking names. I don't even think that the... Uh, that the partner's name like comes up, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, let me just put this in the So dog. it's going to be from Charlie yes. and their partner's Avery? Totally. Okay, great. Totes. Okay, I'm getting there, you guys. Hold on. Doing some doc work. <laughs> Not like a longshoreman, like a Google doc. You okay. just reminded me of the most extraordinary weekend of my life involving this uh, person I know named Charlie, and I will tell it at a storytelling show, and I can't believe oh, awesome. I have forgotten that story. Okay, so this is from Charlie. Um background. These facts may seem disconnected at first, but it will all come together, I promise. One, when I was growing up, my mom was the leader of a youth group, and in that role, she interacted with slash helped a lot of at-risk kids, and those kids were who I was surrounded with throughout my teenage years. So naturally, I became friends with some of them, and with most, if not all of them, coming from abusive situations at home and only having my mom as a positive role model, I made a rule to myself not to complain about my home life. My mom wasn't abusive by any stretch, but every parent has problems. Regardless, I made the decision that my friends I made the decision that my friends being able to hold on to this image of the perfect parent was more important than having the venting session most teenagers got to indulge in. Mm-hmm. Two, I am queer and a prominent figure in the queer community in my city, and I run a pretty popular queer project. Three. I am in a great relationship. I am marrying the love of my life, and we have a really healthy dynamic that is based off of open communication and support. And a part of our relationship is a public aspect. We hold hands in public, and while our PDA is never inappropriate, it is very clear we are a couple. And for most of my family and a lot of strangers, we are the first queer couple they have encountered. And for younger queer kids, we are a source of hope. Media has failed the younger generation epically because happy, healthy, queer relationships are not something they get to see often. Mm -hmm. So when they see us, they get incredibly excited, and I love that. Often, when we get closer with people, they admit that they look at us as a perfect example of happy, healthy, queer relationships. Four, when we moved in together, my partner came all the way from Norway, and I came from a city a seven-hour drive from where we live now. So we are really and truly building a whole new life together. 
Five, my partner came into my life after a huge purge of the people in my life. Basically, I was cutting all the people who weren't supporting my growth out of my life because that was what was best for me. Also, there was a situation with a stalker that pretty much led me to discover that most of my friends were garbage (laughs) monsters. And I can count the people who were friends with me before I met my partner on one hand. Six, a lot of the people who were friends with both of us before we got together made it spectacularly clear that in any event, they are not on my side. One even telling me that they didn't want to talk to me anymore just in case that stopped them from being able to fully support my partner in case of any negative outcome. Seven, my partner is kind and soft and I am much more direct and passionate. And since most people know me as a woman, those traits make me an asshole. This is actually a really good dynamic inside of our relationship because my partner makes me a touch softer and I make my partner a touch stronger. We bring out the best in each other and have each other's backs without question. But it is perceived from outside of the relationship sometimes that it is a bit of a beauty and the beast situation where I am the beast and people can't understand why my partner would be with someone who embodies the angry queer stereotype. The problem. Sometimes my partner is annoying, not in a question our relationship way, just in a if you live with someone and spend all your time hanging out, you're going to notice some annoying habits way. And it feels like there is no one I can vent to. Most of my friends know us as a unit, and I don't want to put anyone in the uncomfortable space of having to listen to me complain about my partner, who they are also friends with. And beyond that, I feel guilty if I complain to most people because I don't want to destroy the idea that we are happy and that they can be too because that's so important. And I still remember the first queer person who showed that to me, and honestly, it's huge. It is a monumental moment to look at someone who looks like you and is happy, especially when most of your life, everyone is saying that it isn't possible for queer people to have happy endings. And I am honestly so honored to be able to facilitate that discovery for other people in my community. But damn it, sometimes I just want to complain about little things. I feel like I'm constantly striving to be a role model in my relationship and don't have time to feel like a human in a human relationship. My partner has more friends outside of our relationship and has that space, but I just feel so closed in some days. I know that if I did complain at all, I would be seen as ungrateful. My partner fights against the narrative so hard, but even my family talks about it as if it is a joke saying, we know Charlie is hard for normal people to love. We are impressed that someone as soft as Avery can handle them. Hmm. To which my partner responded that they never found me hard to love. So maybe the problem was with my family, not me. But regardless of what they say or what is the truth, this is what people think about me. So I am scared that if I make even the smallest peep, I will be smacked down. I want to clarify again that this is not a problem within our relationship. We have open communication and I bring up almost every problem as soon as possible so we can talk it through and find a solution. My partner never discourages me from bringing up problems and we have a weekly relationship talk where the floor is open to bring up problems we couldn't address the moment they popped up for whatever reason, which makes it easier for my partner to discuss their problems because they have anxiety and it can manifest in them having trouble bringing up issues without prompting. But for God's sake, sometimes I just want to go out for drinks with a friend and complain about Avery forgetting to wash the dishes or something. This would also help me sort through my thoughts in a healthy way before I bring it to my partner. I know a therapist would help, and God, I want a therapist, but I just can't afford one right now, so I'm trying to figure out the situation without one. The question, how do you balance being a model of a healthy relationship while also giving yourself the space to be human? Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Charlie, for that. Uh, and 
great points brought up. You can't be what you can't see is a term I'm learning, and uh, visibility is important. And I want to make one thing very, very clear. I am a uh, straight, heterosexual... Um, <laughs> It's the same thing. I'm sorry. I like that uh, hetero and sexual are two different words. That's sorry. Funny. I'm hetero and sexual. I am a straight cis woman and I certainly in no way want to be like, you should be whatever kind of relationship you want and take care of you because I do understand that when I'm on the street, if I turn to my boyfriend and say something like, oh, stop doing that. You're being annoying. I don't get the same looks that someone who is not in a straight relationship um, will get. So I, I just want to you know, say that. But... That said, you're putting a very large amount of pressure on yourself to be a role model. And at the end of the day, you really need to take care of you or else your relationship will suffer. Now, it sounds to me like you are in a great relationship. But I will tell you that, you know, I used to work as a bartender and, you know, I talk to people all day long about you know people I just meet. Sometimes they'll say things to me like, oh, my husband. And I don't find that to be disturbing at all if it's just something like, yeah, he just he did this thing yesterday and it was kind of pissing me off. I'd be like, oh, yeah, relationships. Am I right? That's totally normal. So I do get the idea. Uh, you, you, you made it very clear that some people are against your relationship. And of course, why would you vent to them? Or some people think you're in a perfect relationship. Why would you vent to them? And I don't know. I wouldn't vent to my boyfriend's friends about him. That would be shitty. And I, I sometimes do talk to my close friends about my relationship when I need to vent. So maybe find somebody who, I don't know, try to do try to find somebody you can talk to about this with. I know you say you can't afford therapy and I hear you. Um, but this, these are things that are going to boil over and it is totally okay to talk about your partner and complain. I think we just did that, Sally and I, <laughs> for a hot second. What are your thoughts? On a podcast recording. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, start a podcast and complain about your partner. Yeah. Um, no, so I think like, yeah, I definitely think that like you should make some of your own friends so that you have... I mean, I think everyone needs to have like a life outside their relationship. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people don't. I think it like it couldn't hurt. Um, it's it's so odd to me that your friends like told you that they were no longer your friends and they were like only going to be your partner's friends. Um, but that's not what you asked about. So we won't get into it. But um, I definitely think that like it would be awesome if you could um, have some people that you could talk to. And it sounds like, I mean, I agree with what Catherine said. Like I also wouldn't complain to my girlfriend's friends about her, but, um, but it really does help to have your own friends who you can talk to. So can you start making friends? Um, do you have any acquaintances that you might want to become closer with? I would definitely try to do that. Um, as far as like your question about being a model of a healthy relationship, um, while giving yourself space to be human, I have to say that like, I feel like you're conflating healthy relationship with perfect relationship, um, which I I feel like the idea that like you have to be you have to seem happy all the time and, and seem like you have a perfect, flawless relationship. Um, to me, that is not like I, I don't I think that you're. I think you're putting that burden on yourself. And I, I understand that people look to you like a perfect example of a happy, healthy, queer relationship. But like, I don't think that what people like, I guess I'm speaking for myself, but like when I see people being real and like being close with each other and being affectionate, but also arguing, but then also working out the argument and coming back together and having disagreements, but figuring out how to compromise to me, like that's an example of like 
a healthy relationship, not like, oh, well, this relationship's perfect because they never complain about each other and they never fight. Like, I don't I don't really think that that's like I don't think anyone like needs you to be that. I understand like visibility is really important, everything like that. But like if people are telling you that they look at you as a perfect example of a happy, healthy, queer relationship, I feel like they need to look within themselves and figure out why they need to be like over identified with a relationship they've decided is perfect. I just I also totally like reject the idea of a perfect relationship. Yeah. I, I think like I think like um, I remember talking to my therapist once about like parenting and like being like, you know, what about like when as a parent you like get really like messed up from your like anxiety and you whatever and they see you suffering through it or whatever. And my therapist was like, well, they they see you process that anxiety, work with it, talk to someone about it and work through it. And that shows like resilience and that shows strength. Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to be like flawless mm -hmm. and never show that you have anxiety. Like it's much better for the kid to see that like, yeah, this is, it's fine to have anxiety. People have anxiety and they like, hopefully they have support to like work through it. And I feel like it's a similar thing where like, I personally don't want to see like a couple that I think is like perfect because I'm like, that's not attainable. And I don't even want that. Like I want my relationship to be like a workshop where mm -hmm. we're constantly like working it through and trying to figure it out. But I also think that like you're, you're putting like a huge amount of pressure on yourself. It's, it's true that like media has failed the younger generation epically, but also like media is failing everyone. Like, like I, I, I don't know how old you are, um, Charlie, but like when I, I, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I felt like there was no queer representation that I could relate to at all. And then like later there was queer representation that I didn't relate to and I resented and like, I'm okay. And like, and, and, and I'm not saying that like representation like doesn't matter. Um, it, it does. And visibility is really important, but like, it's no single person's responsibility to live a relationship that they feel like is going to, like solve the visi visibility and representation problem for everyone. There are so many people that are not getting represented right now, like um, in media, like I, so many people are being failed and m anyone who's a member of any marginalized group, I feel like is being failed. I think that's like a condition of being like in American culture. Yeah, um, I'm laughing at, I'm just like, yeah. 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 And, and I'm not saying it's not like worse for, for example, like queer kids or like trans people of color or people who are disabled, like, or I mean, I th it's, it's, it's all bad and it's like worse the more marginalized you are. But I don't, I, I think that like you being an out person with a partner and having a relationship, like, I'm sure it's great for people to see, but I bless you. But I, I, I think you're taking on too much of like what you can sort of like solve or cure. And I think it's like awesome that you're doing that. You feel like a huge responsibility. I think that's really cool, but I feel like it's, it's more than you need to take on. Yeah, absolutely. And also even the stuff you wrote in, it's not mean at all. It's just, you live together and you have, and you, you say you have weekly meetings. That's amazing. I would, I would love to meet a couple that openly talked about that. Like, oh yeah, we have these things. And because sometimes I'm more direct and my partner's not, and this is why we do it. That's so great. That's amazing. So the parts of your relationship that you are working on and work through are a great example of how to be in a functional relationship. Mm -hmm. If you think about it that way, you're hiding something from um, people who are looking at you. And it's like, I read this and I was like, yeah, this is this is how you have 
you work. It's a lot of work sometimes. Um, it should be worth it. You know, that's the whole point is there is a payoff and why you're in it. But there is compromise. I would never expect two people to live together who loved each other and not have idiosyncrasies or is that the right word? Yeah. Things, quirks or there's like, yeah. ah, gosh, you won't do the dishes or he's, you know, they're doing this or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I see all the time that I'm like. Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I think also, um, like, I think it's cool that you have a sense of, like, what's appropriate in terms of, like, not complaining to, like, your mother's youth clients about, like, your mom or not complaining to your partner's friends about your partner. Like, I think that's, like, a great, like, boundary to be aware of. But I don't think that that should translate into, like, you never get to complain about your mom or you never get to complain about your partner. And that, I mean... I understand like that is what you're talking about in the letter. So I don't I know I'm not like breaking news to you right now, but like (laughs) I just think it's important to remember that like it makes you like a more I, I think in my opinion, a more like realized version of yourself and a more like evolving version of yourself to be able to look at things in your life and be like, this isn't the way I want it right now or um, this thing is bothering me and I'm going to think about it and process it and like I'm going to work it out or I'm going to ask them to change their behavior. I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to figure out a way to live with it. Like whatever it is and like sometimes it's a combination of those things but like that is like what it, for me, like that is the example of like an awesome growing person and yeah. an awesome like healthy relationship whatever healthy relationship means and also online groups like the secret group we have if your partner's not in the group and you are that's a great space just to sort of vent. you can do that yeah people do that all the time and you know i think maybe like maybe there are some online resources you can look into that are free maybe you live in a place where there's like sliding scale therapy or whatever because that never hurts yeah and that's a totally like it ideally a consequence free way of like venting about shit in your life yeah you know i'll be doing that later today in therapy nice very fun um awesome so definitely yeah let us know that, yeah, let that us was know. a great question charlie yeah it was a really good question how long have we been going do we have time to do another one um it's 54 minutes so is the next one long it's not long the question is are we going to want to talk about it for a long time yeah we might want to i don't i don't want to like rush the last email is i don't either because that yeah. wouldn't be fair i don't either so okay. let's save it for next we'll save week. it okay um, yeah. So, wow, I guess that's that's it. That was a long episode. Here we are. That we, was a long app. It was real fun. We jibber-jabbered a lot. I love our jibber-jabber. That was fun. We need to do one episode that's just all jibber-jabber. You mean like our bonus episodes? <laughs> like our bonus episodes. I've had people say to me, like, uh, longer jibber-jabber. But really? I feel like some people are, like, shorter jibber-jabber. I, which is fine, which is why we started doing timestamps yeah. for the episodes. Yeah. So you can skip the jibber-jabber. By jibber the way, have you guys noticed that? We've started doing timestamps? Yeah. That was Catherine's idea. Well, no, it was, uh, well, I mean, a lot of podcasts do it. Okay. But, oh. uh, radio, <laughs> Catherine invented timestamps. I did. But Radio Dispatch <laughs> took my idea first. No, they classic they, nephils. Yeah. They started doing it and I was like, oh, that's a that's a really great idea. Cause there are some topics that are upsetting me yeah, or yeah, something yeah. you don't want you just want to skip to. And I think, yeah, we I think it helps to have it's that. Totally. In case you don't want it the jibber jabber, you want to go straight to the meat, yeah. straight to the Or maybe you only want the jibber jabber. Exactly. I mean, we don't judge either way. Who knows? Or the song of the week. Right? Yeah. Which is I have to look segue. it up real quick oh, because wait. I decided to go with something else. Do but, you want but, me to do the do you thing? Mind? No, yeah. no, no. Okay. So uh you can follow us on Twitter at struggle bus pod you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and you should do that if you want us to talk about something that you're going through if you have a struggle um you should also email us if you would like to be in the super secret facebook group please uh do a separate email for both of those things 
follow us on Instagram at the struggle bus pod. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds for 20. Follow Catherine at SPK Heller. Follow me at, at Sally T. Uh, and that's it, right? Yeah, become a member. And yeah, and please become a member if you can and want to. Yeah. Um, so this is a song that actually I had heard before, but I didn't realize that is also in this weekend show, The Infinite Wrench, which is the name of the show. I should have said that earlier. Nice. The New York Neo-Futurists present The Infinite Wrench. Um, and there's a song in one of the plays that I also get to be in. I'm so excited. That's awesome. But it's beautiful. It's Magnetic Fields, and it's called All My Little Words. And it's just a really Ooh, beautiful I don't know song. And um, yeah, come and see me. Do something in that song. This okay, weekend. I'm going to. Um, I, yeah. I learned during the recording of this episode that the show is at 10:30 at night. Yeah, that's why I said you're coming. I, I I'm I am, I am coming, I but um, I did not know it's at 10:30 at night. It's exactly an hour long because we have a timer on stage. Can I wear footy pajamas? Yes, done and done. It, so yes, there's a timer on stage, and we do 30 plays in 60 minutes. And if we don't finish, we don't finish, Holy and shit. we don't do the other plays and I really hope um, the plays I'm in get picked guys me too yeah. I'm very excited I'm gonna stay up late yeah I'm real sorry about that no please <laughs> every once in a while I have to stay up late just to remind myself that I'm capable I know and also to see what the city looks like after 9 930 you know in that neighborhood that? man I'll tell yeah. you there was yeah it was um there's a lot of it's like NYU area ish mm, not really it's rough. East Village but there's a lot happening in the East Village okay. uh, at late at night. That I'm I, psyched. I haven't been to the East Village late at night since like 1999, yeah, I so used, I'm pretty psyched. I used to live on 7A, 7A, 7th and Avenue A, right above cool. 7A. Right above 7A. Yes. I used to go there all the time. I did too. I wonder if we ever saw each other. Oh Holy shit, God. did our worlds meet? Have we both been there like drunk and eating yes. like late at night? Yes. Probably. Remember the... Um, up the street, it, not Cowgirl Hall of Fame. It was Cowboy something. Oh, I don't know. It. Oh, my God. We used to go there all the time. Um, yeah, man. East Village. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. All right. So come see my show. Uh, thank you for listening so much. And um, yeah, thanks. Bye. Oh, I'm, I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm Sally. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You are a splendid butterfly. It is your wings that make you beautiful And I could make you fly away But I could never make you stay You said you were in love with me Both of us know that that's impossible